All right, here we go with the panel show. Topics worthy of discussion every weekday afternoon at this time on The Oakley Show. And joining us, our Thursday crew in-house, Anthony Fury, SunPost media columnist and national comment editor. Anthony, hello. Hello, sir. David Wills, Senior Vice President of Media Profile, a leading Toronto public relations agency. How's David? David is great. All right, and appreciate you coming in as well. Peter Sherman, uh, wrapping up the Troika Broadcaster, businessman and former MPP. Peter, how are you doing? I am doing great and delighted to be here with uh, Fury and you. Wills, you might as well go home. All right. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't want to take the same route you did coming in. No, I do not. (laughs) You know, and the city, of course, uh, things got a little more complicated earlier today when there was a report, unconfirmed, uh, unsubstantiated, whatever. There's a lot of the uns in there in the police as they were suggesting that uh, they'd had a tip from a credible or reliable source that something may happen around the area of, uh, well, people congregate the CN Tower in in, uh, Vaughan. It was uh, by the Canada's Wonderland. And now uh, Superintendent Mike Barsky, uh, his response to allegations that this tweet that police had sent out was irresponsible. I'm not going to speculate on on how people interpret the message. What I will say is we are still encouraging people to come down and enjoy the various venues uh, throughout the city. Okay, well, uh, there it goes. (laughs) So we're not telling you what it is. There's an increased police presence, but come on down. What what do you make of that? I mean, I guess they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. How would you handle this, Anthony? Well, I don't know. I don't know if they even necessarily needed to do it then if there was nothing specific to say. I mean, you know, good one, Colombo. Something might happen at some time and we're not too sure when. It's hard to say. You'd be surprised to learn the number of threats the Eaton Centre gets a year, the TTC, the Miles Nadal, JCC, depending on what's happened in the Middle East and so forth. So so threats against facilities are, are actually surprisingly common in Toronto. So clearly you would hope, not you would hope, that's the wrong way to put it, but you would think that it would pass a more serious threshold to warrant uh, this sort of, you know, public alert. But if it didn't, why did you do it? If it did, you're probably owed us a bit more of an explanation. And we seem to have gotten one. I mean, media outlets in the Sun, we got it as well, suggesting that uh, there was a per- potential vehicular ramming that they were worried about. But one wants to know, you know, what, what was the substance of that? All right. Well, I'm uh, Sherman, what are you saying? Are you sounding uh, like saying, this is alarmist? You know what? I watched Commissioner Reagan on Blue Bloods, and that's as good as anything else. <laughs> and he gets it. Reagan would never put half-assed information like this out. Um, if, if you had a credible threat, you staff for it as they did. And uh, if your intel suggests that this is the real deal and something's actually going to happen, you shut down the venues, you evacuate, you disclose to the public. And instead of that, it's about leaking tidbits and scaring people and I know I'm not a cop, and I know I'm not a strategist, but I'm a smart guy, and we're all smart guys. And smart guys don't treat other smart guys like mushrooms. In other words, don't put me upside down in the ground and feed me BS, because that's what they did today. All right. Wells, uh, your thoughts on the matter? Well, I'm, g- I'm going to leave the low-hanging fruit of Peter's a smart guy on the tree for just a second. <laughs> Thank you. But the, <laughs> but the, I think that they got themselves in a half half position here, because... I think they felt they needed to communicate something because they had a big visible presence and people are going to talk about it on social media and they're going to call Anthony at the Sun and say, hey, what's going on? Uh, I, you know, It's one of these things of do you communicate more that, that uh, there's going to be a vehicle ramming and then does it then get into the Me Too copiers and all of that other stuff that's in there? So they want to communicate a little bit to say, yeah, we got something here, but we think it's okay, which none of us interpret as it's okay because there's hundreds of cops down there. Um, but I, I think the bigger question is, you know, who's telling the Sun and all the other media outlets what the what the leak is? Other police. Other police. And that, mm. that's a bigger problem is that they can't keep a secret. 
And if they're well, not, not going to communicate it, why why can't they contain it within their their own thing? And right. I th- that's that's a concern. Because it went wide. I think it was a memo that went to almost like the entire force. It went right. to tons but of it people. Wasn't it wasn't formal, like one small task force. But it wasn't a formal it. memo. Like it wasn't a formal distribution of the memo to you guys, right? Like it was a it was a leak. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that. You know, what we call that we call that the gang that couldn't shoot straight. And and I don't want to take off on the cops because I I rather respect the cops and people who hear me know that. But between that and we'll be discussing at some point in this in this half hour uh, the the other issue of uh, gangbangers and so forth and what they're planning for that. They tell you the time that they're going to patrol and they tell you the period of weeks over which they're going to control. And you're and so if you're a gangbanger, you say well. I'll just go an hour before that time, and I'll go in nine weeks instead of eight. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we're getting. Right. Well, okay. Yeah, what time you got? Oh, we better hustle out there and That's kill right. somebody. That's right. We're going to shoot that yeah. guy now. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, you know, I'm just wondering if maybe these leaks from other police officers were part of the way the information was disseminated. I don't know anymore. It's kind of gotten crazy here. Uh but what is the thing that this was, I won't say overkill, alarmist uh, when it needn't be? And uh, until there is something actually, I thought it was to allay anybody's anxieties uh, because of this carnage that uh, happened down Young Street a couple of months back. Uh, maybe everybody's, you know, erring on a side of caution. Okay, uh, not well played is the consensus opinion here with the panel. On other matters, you know, there's not a consensus when it comes to Some of the things uttered in the throne speech today or telegraphed earlier yesterday, including the changing of the sex ed curriculum, a kind of a back to the future scenario going to uh, circa 1998. And uh, my understanding is many members of the NDP recoiled in disgust. As a matter of fact, Andrea Horvath, dismayed by the change in the curriculum. Things are quite different than they were in the 90s. Uh, Young people are um, faced with all kinds of information that comes from electronic sources that weren't even in existence. Uh, back in the day, uh, and uh, that that needs to be addressed. We'll wait and see uh, what the government actually does, uh, but certainly going backwards in terms of keeping our kids safe and giving them the information they need to stay safe is uh, is not the right direction for the uh, for the kids of this province. All right, David, let me ask you. I mean, is this retrograde thinking, or is there something that perhaps got passed over the first time around when the Liberals rushed this thing in, and that's one of the claims being made? Certainly the Conservatives were responding to... Uh, parental desires to be further consulted, uh, a deeper dive on things, and so on and so forth. What's, what's your position on this? Well, I, I think that there is, you know, there there was a lot of, um, uh, the NDP and the Conservatives both felt that there was not great consultation on this uh, when it came in. But I think, you know, the Conservatives ran saying they were going to do this, and they're doing it, but I don't think they ran and said, we're going to replace it with 1998, and I think that that's a bit of a miss because if they want to go out and consult and change it, I think that they that's what they were elected to do and they should do it. But you have to, like, her point really is is that by going back to the old one, and I got a list here, so that now that's out of the curriculum is the concept of consent is no longer in the curriculum because it wasn't there then, as is gender identity, same-sex relationships, gender-based violence, sexual harassment, homophobia, social impacts of puberty, ste- sexting, which, uh, you know, you you guys might know what that is. It's uh, mm. beyond me. Cyberbullying, no. <laughs> and uh, and online predators, because all of those things didn't happen then. Right. And I think that that's a loss because those last ones, especially the technology based ones, are really important. And I'm a father of teenagers, and uh, I think that it's that just take that out. If they're going to change it and consult and everything, I think that's fine. But they've thrown the baby out with the bathwater, 
And I don't think that was the right approach. I think it was just a want, I want to check the box and say that I did what I've said. All right. Well, further consultation may see them come around to a, a similar conclusion, Anthony. Absolutely. They haven't gone back to a 1998 document. What they've done is just gone to the previous curriculum before this one that was only put in place a couple years ago. And and to David's point, yeah, there were a lot of people concerned about the consultation because a lot of people feel that this should just be a, a family matter anyway, or that they at least want to have a say so they can kind of bolster their family efforts. And FOI documents, I got a couple years ago, found out that the whole consultation thing, it was a little bit rigged and, and there's a good reason to doubt a lot of it. So they're just saying time out and we got to have something. There's got to be some curriculum. So it'll be the thing we were using previously. People are very right to be concerned about the consultation and the fact that uh, Ben Levin was the deputy minister at the time when this this current new document was crafted. So they've got questions and concerns about, you know, the younger stuff going on and the younger aides completely legitimate. And then it is also completely legitimate for LGBT parents to come forward and say, well, we want to make sure X, Y and Z is in the curriculum. And I think the education minister and the premier should be open to all of that. And, and, and I see no reason why we can't make everyone happy here. All right. So, Peter, when Anthony says it's a timeout effectively and it's not necessarily retro. Grade. It's just a let's just park the, 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 the curriculum that came in in 2015 and uh, let's see how we can massage things going forward. Is that about right? That's about what Anthony said. It's not what I would say and I'm going to surprise you. Mm. I think they should have left things just the way they were and, and gone ahead with their consultations. I, I don't know about the rest of you. I read that curriculum. I have no problem with that curriculum. I have no problem with Doug Ford paying debts, and and he had debts in terms of what was promised during the campaign. I like, by and large, what I heard in the throne speech. I want to buy beer anywhere I want to buy it, at the corner store, like everywhere else in the world. I want police on our streets able to do things they have to do. I want the green energy crap gone. But I think if we had a sex ed curriculum, if it had some problems, we could have found out the problems. We don't have to go back 20 years uh, and so that we can isolate the problems and reintroduce something. I, I think it could have been done that way, and it, and it should have been done that way because, to David's point, there's nothing that a kid with a, a smartphone can't find out anyway. So what you're saying is purely political because uh, he made those kinds of promises to sure. the likes of Tanya Granagallon, and therefore uh, this was all just a type of virtue signaling, and we'll have to wait and see. So, uh, Anthony, when you say that they're going to reposition things and may adopt, uh, I don't know if it's holus bolus, but in part some of the things that you articulated, David Wills, you know, uh, those things are almost inevitabilities, or you can't deny uh, you know, <laughs> that these are cer- certain things that are showing up on the radar now for young people. Obviously, you've got to incorporate them in a new sex ed curriculum. Well, well and John, let's have a little bit of respect for the teachers out there, and I know a whole lot of teachers in the GTA area. If a child says, oh, by the way, this thing about, you know, mommy and daddy, well, well what about me, or what about my neighbor you know there's two daddies the teacher's not gonna say well that doesn't exist what are you talking about this is the 90s they're gonna answer the question in a mature fashion it's just not on the template for the things one must bring up and someone says oh i saw this thing online or i got this dodgy text the teacher is going to bring it up this school year in a responsible mature way it's just not codified and formalized and that's yeah, but what god this process forgive, is god forbid give them the resource to actually do it that's the I don't think that, you know, and I'm going to now endorse Peter's uh, earlier comment that he's a smart guy based on what he said. I don't think they needed to back up. I think they could have done what Anthony just talked about in a different way if there was the specific things. And that's one of the problems with the the group that's opposed to the curriculum is they cannot actually point to anything because like, unlike Peter, they didn't read it. So they can't point to the part that they don't like. They just go on base what they think it is. And that's the problem. In Tanya's defense, she does have some specific asks that she wants for that. I'm not I'm not siding with all of her points on that, but she does have some specific. Well, Doug Ford made a decision on Tanya Granick Allen. He threw her overboard for a bunch of reasons. So I don't think we should let her views drive any public policy in Ontario. 
All right. I'm just impressed that a progressive like you, Wills, invoke the name of God. That's uh, almost progress in and of itself. Did I say God? <laughs> you did. Out loud. We can play that back for you. But listen. Jimmy Carter was a deeply religious man. <laughs> well, and Peter Sherman actually said there was a lot in the throne speech he liked. I'm going to find out if one of these uh, pillars that was mentioned uh, today, as well as yesterday, actually, uh, still resonate with uh, the panel here. Good ideas or not, we'll come back with Anthony Fury, David Wills, and Peter Sherman in a moment on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I've seen parents who support, not this curriculum specifically, but comprehensive sex ed, maybe even a more progressive curriculum, they're scared because when they have to rely on parents who don't believe that we should teach about consent or respect for diversity, it puts everyone at risk. 